0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or tea. I got my Gemini cup this morning. Sit back and let's chat about what is going on in the sky above us today. It is the last Friday of February, if we can believe that. Ay, yeah, aye, Where did this month go? And I found myself in a quandary this morning because there really wasn't much to talk about. So why am I coming on air? And what am I going to talk about for an hour? Well, if you guys know me, you know I'm never going to not find enough to talk about. But it was still giving me pause that there was so much quiet. But it's really kind of the quiet before the crazy starts in March. And uh, this week has been my week to write for um, a newsletter that I'm starting to put out uh, this Sunday, and I had the opportunity to look really deeply at what's going on for next month, and I was literally feeling sort of breathless. I felt like I was just running from one thing to another, one explanation to another. So y'all take this weekend and the first couple of days of next week and use it to breathe and you know, uh, re-energize yourself, take as much time as you need for self-care, because literally on March 1st, it all begins to go crazy. Yeah, literally, really, really, really crazy. Although that day is not so bad. Oh, that's February. Hold on. If I look at March, yeah, on the 1st. The 1st of March begins crazy. But it's crazy in a way that is about making change, you know, getting us to transform. There are big, big things happening in March, and I don't necessarily want to go into them this morning. Um, but what happens in March will have impact on us as humanity, uh, but also individually for some time to come. In fact, it literally, we, we're perched on the edge of a knife is how I would describe it. And a lot of the choices that we make in the next month are going to really impact us for the long term. And again, that's personally, but also collectively. So not to put pressure on you, (laughs) not not to put pressure on me, uh, but definitely we are going to have to really be clear about what it is we desire in our world, in our lives. What are we willing to do? What do we no longer want to be in resonance with? What will we no longer tolerate in our worlds? Because literally, we're the ones that are creating the path forward. And yet, there is so much potential for this to go kind of sideways, like way sideways, and uh, uh, lead us into some darker days, darker days indeed. Now, we're not afraid of the dark. We shouldn't be afraid of the dark, right? That is, you know, one of the things that uh humanity has done for so long we've lived in the shadows right lived in in fear and it's high time that we move away from that individually and collectively but the collective is not going to do that on its own because we are each individual parts of that collective So we all individually have to also uh, be willing to take care of ourselves when it comes to fear and the expression of fear. And are we willing to let that go or not? So yeah, put it puts the, the burden, if you will, on each one of us. It's more like it puts the response ability on each one of us to choose how it is we're going to move forward from here. And it's, You know, I tend to feel these things ahead of time, maybe because uh, I don't know why, but I do. And so I've been feeling this kind of thing for a while. And it doesn't help to have Pluto sitting on top of your natal Saturn, because that makes everything feel so deep and so ah, difficult, difficult. So I've had to work through that personally. But it is also the lead up to what comes next, I believe, for all of us. and. It's, like I said, perched at the edge of a knife, and are we going to be able to move through it or not? Let's say good morning to everybody before I jump in the rest of the way this morning. Good morning to Kathleen. It's good to see you with us alive and awake at this time of the morning. Christine Buckingham, hello to you. Amy D, good morning. Gayla, hello. JLo, good to have you with us. And Tom, I knew you'd make it. And hello to you. And Julie Kiss, good morning. Pam Zaruba, hello to you. And Kajela, good morning. It's great to see you all out there. Debbie Tibbetts-Tumiel just popped in. And I know there are others of you. Out there, I can see you out there. I just don't see names. So, let me just say good morning to everyone, whether you're on Facebook listening or on YouTube listening. It's good to have you here. So, here's kind of the plan for today's show first, we'll talk about where the moon is to start the weekend and where she will be all weekend long. And then, I noticed something interesting this morning when I looked at the chart. I print up a chart every morning. You guys tell me what you see that's interesting in this chart. Hmm, is it that there is so much weight on one side, perhaps, with literally only one planet over here holding the uh, bucket handle, if you will, of all the planets? Hmm, I saw that and went, wow, okay, no wonder we're kind of feeling, you know, bottled up or kind of clotted in one specific area of our charts. And the other half, you know, is empty while this other part is very clogged. And the one planet that is holding the space for kind of the balance point, if you will, of the, of the basket is the planet Ceres, who is a dwarf planet and one that we don't really know all that much about. I mean, sure, we know what she's about, but we don't have that much experience yet with her in how she how is she capable of holding the space for all of those planets interesting, right? That a goddess, a new goddess of fairly new to our pantheon. She was discovered in 2005. So I mean, literally, we as astrologers haven't even really had as much time yet to work with her in people's charts. So yeah, so we're going to try to break that down a little bit this morning. And then the human design week, I always find this week particularly interesting maybe because it's completely defined in my own chart it is called the channel of community and human design the traditional human design i do not like its name and i do not like what it stands for in the uh, quantum human design in quantum human design it's called the channel of administration right so boring right what does that mean it doesn't mean much to me and I don't see it as a, an appropriate name. So we're going to keep it the channel of community. You might even think of it as the channel of family. So we're going to break that down. So first, let's get over to the moon today in Taurus, newly in Taurus, as about midnight-ish my time. Uh, it, I think it was just actually after midnight. Uh, it was at... Uh, seven. Seven, oh no, that's the weekend. So this morning at 0029, so 29 minutes after uh, the hour of midnight, the moon moved into Taurus. So she'll be in Taurus today and then tomorrow. And on Sunday, she will transition out of Taurus and into Gemini. So we have just two signs for the weekend. And the moon in Taurus is literally, this is why this week is so quiet or this weekend, literally only making a sextile to the sun. That's the only moon connection today and there isn't any other new connections going on. I'm sure I could go find some minor things coming up, uh, but literally it's very quiet. So we have a lot of contemplation time perhaps about the moon, what does the moon in Taurus mean for each of us? So you're gonna wanna find the house that Taurus sits on. In my own chart, it sits at the 11th house. So it concerns family and relationships and groups and friendships and networks and my hopes and my dreams and my goals and aspirations. And when the moon goes through Taurus, we are always sort of focused on our resources. That is earning power, right? What do we earn from our uh, jobs? How do we earn it, right? It has uh, a very financial um, uh, aspect to it. And being emotionally connected to how we earn our money but also to what we possess, right? Taurus rules our possessions. The moon rules our emotions, how we are connected on the internal realms, how, what makes us feel good emotionally. When the moon is in Taurus, having money or having an income or having beautiful, comfortable things around us helps us to feel emotionally good, makes us feel happy. So we also are looking at self-worth here. Self-worth and the things that we value. Because when we have money, we buy things, right? Besides your bills and the things that you have to pay, you know, your 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 usual bills. But even that can show you what it is you value, right? What is it that you're willing to put your money out there for, right? Um, There's, there's a lot of different, you know, ways that we look at how we spend our money. There's the the bills, the things that we have to pay our utilities and our housing payment, that type of thing and food. But then there are all the other things like if I wanted a new car, if I valued having that in my life, then I would want to put the money toward a new car kind of thing. So it is the moon and Taurus is often helping us to get clear of well, what is it that I'm really emotionally connected to and then what is it that I'm willing to possess? what what makes me feel good? But it also goes into self-worth. what am I worthy of receiving? What am I worthy of having? Am I worthy of having the things that I value? and do I place that value on myself? Right? Do I do I go out into the world and uh, insist that my value be paid? Right? Kind of tricky little things that can go on here. Um, Taurus also rules everything sensual, so our five senses—not the sixth sense, but the five senses. Five senses. And the five senses that are taste, smell, touch, and all of those that really, you know, can light us up in some way that can show, you know, how we feel or what we have an affinity for. So, for example, affection is a part of this, right? When we want to hug someone or hold someone's hand or just be there for someone, uh, all the things like body pleasure, what feels good in terms of what material you're wearing, and Uh, what scents you might wear or what smell is in your house. Are we burning candles or incense or, you know, all those different things. So it has a lot to do with creating an atmosphere, right? The moon loves an atmosphere when it's in Taurus, setting the atmosphere and making it sensual, pleasurable, romantic, maybe even. And then that leads us to the other thing that the moon in Taurus is about, which is contentment. Does, do we feel good? And when we feel good, right, when we are in a sense, when our senses are feeling, uh, full of good things, then, then we have an appreciation for everything around us, including the natural world, right? I, I had an experience yesterday. In fact, I don't know why I didn't share it to, uh, your page or to my Facebook page, but, uh, Terry texted me last night on his way home from work and he said, you got to go take a look at the moon outside. It's so beautiful. And it was freezing cold. It's like 25 degrees. I don't really want to go outside, but I did because I really wanted to see it. And here we have this beautiful crescent moon and just below it, Jupiter and Venus. Oh my gosh, it was stellar. It was breathtaking not because it was cold (laughs) because to see the crescent moon and it was twilight. So on the, on the horizon was this beautiful coral orange color. And then above it, the bluish uh, blue gray of, of twilight and, or blue purple actually of twilight. And then these three, the moon and Venus and Jupiter, it was like, Oh, so awe inspiring. And that's the kind of thing you feel truly uh, you feel appreciative of the natural world, that was part of the natural world. And even though the natural world was quite chilly, it felt like I could stand out there forever and look at those two uh, stars, the two star, two planets and the moon. Uh, so a deep appreciation of uh, the, even the smallest little thing, just being able to see right? That is something to be grateful for. So Taurus moon often brings us into situations of gratitude. And it, you know, from gratitude, we can spring into deep satisfaction, feeling like all is right in the world. And yet there's something else going on in Taurus, right? The moon won't hit that today, but tomorrow the moon will come into a conjunction with Uranus. And Uranus might be possibly stirring up dissatisfaction in our lives in some way, shape, or form, right? In um, And it could be in the littlest of things, and it can be in the biggest of things. So watch for that as well, because wh- what the moon in Taurus is, you know, driving us toward is that feel-good moment, right? Being comfortable in our own skin. And yet with Uranus and Taurus, there's always been... Well, at least since 2018, there's little upsetting nugget thing going on, right? Um, I'm going to give you a great example that has nothing to do with where Taurus is in my chart, but it was an interesting thing to have happen uh, this week. My sister had to undergo brain surgery. She was she had a, had an aneurysm, and uh, they couldn't fix it in the usual easy way, whatever that is. So they actually had to go into her brain and and do surgery. So you know, you're sitting on pins and needles. I had just talked to her and told her how wonderful it was going to go. It was going to be perfect, blah, 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 right? The whole healing light, all of that. And she was scared out of her mind, right? I mean, I guess I would be too, if I was facing a brain surgery. And yet, you know, there was this peace that was coming over me. And I just knew everything was going to be all right. But during the day of the surgery, as the hours and the minutes ticked by with no word yet on what was going on, I found my own self getting anxious, right? And getting into, you know, the dissatisfaction of not being there to find out what's going on and and all of that. Well, it turns out it wasn't, it it went fantastic. She's doing fine. She's doing well. I mean, she's got pain and all of that, but they were able to take the uh, aneurysm out or whatever it is that they do Um, But my sister is 76 years old. So there was that too, right? I was kind of anxious. We had, you know, a big gap in age between my little sister and me and my older two sisters uh, from my mother's side of the family. And so I I was, you know, kind of worried about how does a 76-year-old come back from that level of anesthesia and all of that. And I found myself having to move toward more and more peace generated from within me. And I just kept saying, I'm grateful for my sister's recovery. I'm grateful and gratitude, such a powerful thing to pull us away from some of the stress, some of the anxieties that we can get ourselves into just from life's experiences. So we do have to watch for a couple of things with Taurus energy. We have to watch out for rigid opinions, getting stuck in we know best and we know it all and we're not, you know, going to give an inch in terms of, of, you know, being able to relax our opinions, right, and see that maybe there are other opinions or other ideas that would work as well. Stagnation, where we're stuck. That is another problem in uh, ta- Taurus energy, getting into that comfort zone, right? That same comfortable, I love my pillow. I love how I feel. Energy could be the same thing that causes us to not go any further in our lives, to not strive for better or for more. And I'm not saying that we're here to strive for more, but being in a comfort zone is what Uranus is trying to tell us right now. Where are you stuck? It's in your comfort zone. And then that can cause us to not only stagnate, but then to hold on too long to our rigid opinions or to things in general, to ideas and beliefs, lots of different things here and sluggishness, right? There's that too. Taurus, you know, have you ever tried to move a bull, right? Sometimes not even the red blanket thing that they, you know, try to wave the red cape. Sometimes not even that gets the bull to move, right? they have to be in the mood. (laughs) It has to be their idea. And if not, then it's just a sluggish, a sluggish fest, right? They don't go very far, very fast. So we have to watch out for that. Other than that, it should be a super weekend later on Sunday. (coughs) Excuse me, the, um, The moon will move into Gemini. I keep looking at March. It is still February. Uh, Later on Sundays, well, 7.48 a.m. Pacific time. So 10.48 for those of you on the East Coast, the moon will move into Gemini, making Sunday a conversation day right? A day that's mind activated and a day for us to maybe get together with others, share ideas and, uh, you know, share conversation. So all in all, the moon over the weekend takes us into territory that's really good. And I don't, you know, I don't think there will be many problems in terms of emotional blowouts, but you just never know. You just never know. Uh, okay, let's see who else joined us. Uh, Debbie, thank you guys all for the, the well wishes for my sister. She is doing really well. Um, Kathleen says she's wondering if she should buy a couch. Wondering if it'll be, if I'll be in this apartment long enough to make it worthwhile. Well, that would seem to suggest then that you wouldn't be able to use it in another house or another apartment. Right. So I think what you do in this case is you get what you love and you make it work in whatever house that you find that you live in. Um, I lost my side chart and can't see it. uh, And Janet at the same time. Oh, I think maybe print, have somebody print your chart so you can. I always suggest. And I haven't suggested this in a while, but I like to suggest to people that you get just a little notebook, like, you know, I've got this little one inch, is it one inch? It's a half inch. It's just a half inch wide notebook. And in it, I have all of, you know, my, I don't have my chart in it, but I have all of the things that I would use for this morning's broadcast, right? All the information at my fingertips kind of thing. And I suggest that you all get something like this, you know, where you have your, Um, human design chart, where you have maybe your gene keys information, where you have your astrology chart, so that it makes it easy to follow along while you're listening to the broadcast. And you can even, you know, print off uh, the report. I know those are more pages to print, but it might be worthwhile just so you have that too, right? So come equipped with all of that information uh, so that when we're saying, okay, find Taurus in your chart if this were a person, Taurus would be right here in the second house, its own house of rulership. How fun is that? So Taurus finds its way. In fact, this whole chart begins with Aries on the rise, which makes this sort of uh, following the natural chart of uh, of astrology or of uh, the zodiac, starting with Aries and going all the way and ending in Pisces. So that's interesting that uh, Aries is the sign rising on the horizon this morning uh, as I printed up this chart. So, um, which is so funny because I have it set for Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, Uh-huh. which would be in, so it says, I drew it, so it's central time. <laughs> this is because I was doing a reading for someone who will be in Puerto Vallarta on their birthday. So I set the chart for that and forgot to change it back. Uh, It doesn't matter. We're looking at time zones. So that's uh, where the rising was for everyone this morning. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, wherever Aries is in your chart, then you could look to that was what was rising on the eastern uh, horizon this morning, and might have an impact on your day, right? That that Aries energy was being triggered as the ascending uh, sign for the day. It might be more activated. It might be more angry or in conflict or confrontational as well. But it could also be, you know, a real good chance at a new beginning and pushing yourself forward. Uh, It could be a really good day that way. Okay. Now, when we looked at the chart and I showed you how many planets there were uh, on the uh, eastern horizon or uh, in the hemisphere, eastern hemisphere. There is one planet that is over on the other side, but she's a dwarf planet and her name is Ceres. And so I want to talk a little bit about Ceres and she is in the sign of Libra. So when we have Aries on the rise, then the descendant, the part we don't see clearly or the part that is immersed in relationship is Libra. So we have Aries and Libra, the axis of love and war and the axis that is all about the I and the we right, who I am and who we are, right, so we have that axis triggered today. Now, in astrology, Ceres, the goddess herself, rules food and agriculture, so with nourishment, right, the food that we take in, the things that we take into our body, and then she also rules the transition gateways for women, So uh, in life, life cycles, right? So moving out of, uh, moving into puberty and then moving into motherhood and then moving into, or the fullness of the mother and then moving out of that into croneship or uh, that third phase of life. So she rules all of that. Um, She also rules nurturing, nurturing energy and she rules motherhood, right? So motherhood and family relationships, So it's really interesting that she is who we're highlighting this morning, but we also in our human design move into a week that is strongly around family, tribe, and community. Now, with Ceres, she's very much like Taurus in this, that there's a love of what is simple, a, a love of what's natural, wholesome, and what's good for us, right? What is good for us to eat, what Is good for us to be in the environment? Uh, What is it good for us to be thinking? Who are we, you know, who supports us, the people that we are around? And there's a strong need to nurture and protect those people that we are a part of us and treat other living beings, including animals, right? Including animals, all life forms, with love and respect and with reverence, right? Giving them their sacred place in our own lives. And in a way, remember Ceres is, um, she's also Demeter in the, the mythology of, of Persephone and the daughter that was stolen away by Pluto, Hades, and he married her, takes her to the underworld, and Ceres or Demeter um, are in such grief, right, that they are, that they pull into themselves and they, the earth goes dark, the earth goes barren. And there's a lot of grief around losing her daughter. And the gods realize that Earth is in big trouble in the myth. And so they set about to make a deal with um, uh, Pluto or Hades um, to allow Persephone uh, to be on earth six months out of the year with her mother and then the other six months. So it, it has a very seasonal impact, Where there's the season of growth and fertility and coming into fullness. And then there's the season of the harvest, the the waning of the season, the fall, the autumn, and then the move into winter with the renewal coming again in spring. So What we have is a connection to grief that is also connected to seasons, but also what did Ceres or Demeter do but destroy everything in response to losing her daughter, right? She just let everything go and that started this path of destruction. So we also might have to deal with uh, that as a theme with Ceres in our lives, destroying everything in our paths to regain what we feel was lost and i i kind of see that in the in the politics of not only our country but around the world there seems to be this thing about let's you know, burn it all down. Burn all of the the positive strides that we've made into the future. You know, with uh, with women's rights, with women, with uh, LGBTQ rights, with you know all of the the newer progressive things. But let's burn that all down because we want to go back to the way it was to regain what somehow we feel we've lost in all of that. So it has a lot to do with connection to se- separation and with uh, you know kind of marginalizing potentially you know people or things that we don't like or that we don't want so we'll have this this is a theme that is holding the handle of the bucket right so series right there's also the idea of time sharing here and time enters into this because the seasons of course mark time and the time is you know seasons that shift and change and In a way, then, we're dealing sometimes with um, the idea of, of how do we use time as a friend or as an ally, as opposed to making it an enemy and or, you know, doing our best to stop time. So in your own chart series can really describe how you nurture um, your caregiving, um, the way that you care give, and what you would you know give your energy to for caring, your loving qualities, your teaching qualities, your mentoring qualities, and then even things like gardening and farming, or you know growing things, cooking, and uh, this st- are also you know these are all the things that are very nurturing in terms of of, of what's happening with Ceres, and she's also democratic she's caring. She's concerned about the environment and nutrition and the purity of what it is that we put into our bodies and what we put into the earth's bodies, the mother's body. And so she has a lot to talk about in terms of being natural and wholesome and good and simple. There's that simple thing. She must rule Taurus in some respects because there's a huge sort of connection to the earth as well in Taurus. so in your natal chart then series can show how you go about nurturing other people and you know people in an earth sign series might nurture by feeding and and nurturing through you know bringing food right um Uh, practical help. If you have maybe a Virgo series, that kind of thing, series in water signs is very emotional and maybe, you know, offering emotional support. So that's what she represents in um, the natal chart. But now she's in Libra. So in Libra, and by the way, when you looked at the chart, let me see if I can share my screen with you so we can look at this chart. Uh, You can't do it from there. You have to do it from here and present share screen. And it's gonna be a Microsoft Edge tab and it's going to be that one. Okay, so now y'all should be seeing my chart. Uh, That's not my chart. This is the chart of the day. This is the one I drew up this morning at 9.15 a.m. of Vallarta time. (laughs) I I must wanna go to Mexico. Uh, So in this time, she is right here. This is series. And Ceres is retrograde at the moment also. So she's taking us backwards a little bit, right, on the internal um, exploration of these themes in our lives. And she happens to be in exact opposition today to the goddess Venus. So we have Venus. Venus could represent Ceres' daughter right? So we have them reconnecting, coming out of winter, right? We're going into spring, at least in the Northern Hemisphere. And so there's a sense that they're getting ready to reconnect, uh, right? That Ceres is pulling Venus back toward her. And so we, we see in, you know, Aries across from Libra, this is a relationship axis. And we have not only Venus, we have the Ascendant here this morning, and Jupiter, and Chiron, and the other goddess, Eris, Uh, all in the sign of Aries. And then this little piece right here is Salacia, who is, uh, I believe, Neptune's wife. I don't remember why I added her to the chart, but another goddess uh, in here. All of these in the masculine sign, Aries, ruled by Mars. So we have some problems. We have some conflicts in bringing the nurturing into play. Yet it's right here. It's in the bottom of the bucket. It's right there. All we have to do is reach in and bring it up right? Bring up the love of feeding one another, of nurturing, of caregiving, of of making people happy and comfortable and making ourselves comfortable and happy in the same way. Nurturing gardens, nurturing your life as a garden. Your life is a garden, right? A garden of relationships, of, of things learned and things shared. So it's just a fascinating uh, thing, I think, as we look at uh, that that energy of series holding that opposition. So it really asks the question, how do we want to work together? Do we wanna keep up this you know kind of vitriol that's been going on between people, pulling apart instead of pulling together, right? No cooperation, right? No collaboration, uh, just ideologies that I'm over here and I'm rigid and I'm not gonna give in. And the other side, nope, it's my way or the highway and somehow we need to come back to the middle. And remember, this is the love and war axis. So are we going toward love? What's the most loving thing we can do? Or are we going toward love or hate, not hate necessarily, although it could be war, right? Conflict. Are we going to continue on in the conflict? So it's a very interesting time that we find ourselves in here. Um, Good morning, Pauline. It's good to meet you out there this morning. Ceres and Venus meeting. Exactly. Ceres, they're not meeting in a conjunction, but they're in opposition to one another. But if you think about Venus in opposition to Ceres, Venus herself is in uh, the sign of Aries, which is Mars territory. So she's trying to smooth out maybe or bring more love, more peace to this Cacophony of voices in Aries, right? That are you know maybe being very aggressive or assertive, right? So we we've got some beautifying going on, some peacefulness perhaps. Um, but again, it all resides in choice, right? In choice. I mean, are we could we could continue, you know, being ugly to one another, and certainly that happens. That's happening. Uh, Or we could start to see the wisdom in creating through cooperation and collaboration, using loving principles rather than the more conflicting and confronting principles. Now, that's not to say that we're always going to see eye to eye because we won't. We're different people from different backgrounds that see things through different viewpoints. But if we want to be in peace, we had better start working toward it, right? Toward it. How do we do that? That's what Ceres and Venus seem to be doing for us right now. And I do believe this pattern holds for a while um, as, you know, nothing, Mars is moving a little bit out of it toward cancer, but that doesn't happen until mid-March and, uh, you know, more crunching together is what's happening, I think, in the moment, crystallizing that as a concept of cooperation. How do we work together? All right now let's take a look at well first of all let me see if there are any questions out there because i kind of went past where i was originally um jlo says i have huge ones i'm thinking you're you're talking about notebooks um, but surely need a smaller one to keep handy and kajela says i have several laminated copies and keep by my desk one of my bedroom and put smaller versions in certain books or magazines on astrology. That's great. Kathleen says, thanks for the tips on organization. My problem was YouTube dropping chats to the bottom under your picture. I have technology challenges. It's all good. It's all good. I'm here. I'm still here. Uh, Christine has series in cancer in the third house. So your caring comes through how you speak, to people, right? How you communicate, and Cancer being a very nurturing sign herself, the sign that rules the Moon, and the connection to emotions. So you probably speak emotional. You probably think emotionally. So that's uh, that. So everything that you do with others in terms of how do you communicate comes across as emotional, emotionally nurturing. Maybe that's what you really want—is to be able to emotionally nurture people. Uh, Pam says her Neptune is at 15, Ceres at 16, and Moon at 17 degrees of Scorpio. So, depth, right? The depth of emotions here. Uh, What's nurturing in uh, Scorpio might be things, bringing things to light that have been hidden you know, bringing up from the dark, investigating and revealing secrets and um, being more aligned with the occult principles of the metaphysics versus, you know, uh, religion and lots of different ideas there for you. Um today's astro meetup. Thank you for bringing that up. Pauline is at 12 noon Pacific time. So that'll be 3 p.m. East Coast time. And as soon as I get done here this morning, I'm going to the Living Astrology Facebook page and posting up the Zoom link for everybody. So that's where you can find it on Living Astrology. I'll also put it in the community just in case that's where you're used to going. Uh, Pauline says, is this a mother and daughter repair healing between them? You know, that's a possibility, too, although uh, in the mythology, there's not so much an issue between mother and daughter other than that mother and daughter are being separated by uh, Pluto, by a third party. So it's a possibility there is some kind of healing going on within their relationship, really positively impacted by the time that they get to share together and making the most of the six months of the time where, uh, uh uh, Persephone is in the world of the living versus when she's, you know, in the world of the dead, right? So, making the most of your relationships, of the time you have together, that could be a theme as well. Uh, okay, so uh, reminds me of the song "People Are People" by Depeche Mode. Indeed, that's a good one. Uh, I wish I could play songs like that on the radio, on my on my YouTube channel, but I think you know, if I did, I would get copyright hits from youtube for doing it but go out find that video by depeche mode and listen to it kathleen says she was singing joy to the world this morning uh joy to the world the christmas song or joy to the world the one with the bullfrog jeremiah was a bullfrog song i can't remember who sang that credence clearwater who sang that song anyway tom's out there he'll tell us uh j-lo says i have series in aries same gate as my Chiron 42 in my uh, design series is on Culture 22.5. That is a chief speaking gene keys speak there. And they're just in different lines. So series sounds like she's taking up some prominence in your human design and in your um, gene keys because that, you know, literally the gate 42 is called the gate of celebration in some respects because it's what comes on at the end. Three dog night. Woohoo. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was actually Tom and Christine. They both at the same time. What do I win? Tom says, uh a frog. We'll give you a, we'll send you a frog. And uh she Kathleen was singing the Jeremiah was a bullfrog song. Uh so the three dog night version. <laughs> I wish we could play that. That song is just so great for, you know, uplifting and and being uh, a happy song kind of thing um all right so face blue smiling i don't know what that means jlo but tell us because it sounds interesting all righty let's talk now while we're waiting for uh, a couple more comments to come through uh and confirmation of what jlo means there uh let's talk about the community channel because this is you know tomorrow it starts where the the Sun and the Earth are going to be sitting at one of the rare times when Sun and Earth are creating um, an entire channel in our human design. It happens at the forty-three twenty-three, and it happens at the uh, thirty-seven forty, and that is joining in this case the heart with our emotions. Right? It's the ego, the heart, the will center that is connected to the solar plexus or emotions and heart coming together. And I I carry this channel, and I. When I finally started really digging deep into what this channel means, it answered a lot of questions for me about why it is I just embrace everyone as family. To me, everybody's family, right? If you've interacted with me, I am just as likely to reach out and check on you uh, as I would check on my sister or uh, cousin or whatever, right? That's because you've been in my uh, influence you've been in my family, you've been familyized by me. So we're taking the emotions to the heart and from the heart to the emotions. And this is a community kind of energy. Now, everybody's going to have this channel defined, right? Over the the next, uh, from the 25th until March uh, 1st. So from February 25th to March 1st. So from tomorrow until the end of the month, basically. And that means all of us turn our attention a bit to issues around trust and fairness, about the love of community or the love of family. And literally the 3740, the channel, sees the world as the community, right? And that you are a part of the world and you're seeking like-minded people, right? The allies that support your goals or the people that you really resonate with. Um, and you build bonds based on those relationships and the values are what underpins those relationships in this, um, uh, this sort of, 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 Channel that is being affected for all of us this next week. And it means then that we also have to be surrounded by the right people, that we can inadvertently surround ourselves by the people that don't make us feel good, right? That this is emotional energy by, you know, really understanding how you feel when you're around the people that you're around and understanding that your feelings are telling you something, they're calibrating you back to your heart. And the calibration here is through community, right? The 37 is what sits on the emotional center while the 40 sits on the heart center and the whole channel is being defined. So aligning yourself then with those people that make you feel good. Now, we we well, we do choose our family of our origin family, uh, but it doesn't seem like we do, right? It feels like we're born into this family and sometimes we're looking around going, who are you people and where did you come from? Uh, Because you certainly don't, I don't resonate with my family most of the time, right? My family, I birthed, yes, and their spouses and so forth. Yes, my grandchildren, yes. But some other parts of my family, I'm like, how did I end up with you people? So your aim, your aim for this week is to understand that it takes all kinds to build a community. And yet you have the power to limit how much exposure you have to the people in your world that don't make you feel like you're in resonance. You know, I can't change the fact that I was born into a specific family, but I also don't have to spend an inordinate amount of time around them if they don't make me feel good, right? If I don't feel connected to them. So, the thing is that we want to be able to to see how we all fit in the bigger picture, but we also want to take the time to spend with the people that we really resonate with. And this is, you know, people that share our same values, perhaps, or share our desires, and maybe even the emotional bonds that we we hold together uh, to build a strong community or family or even a marriage, because this channel is called the marriage channel in some uh, cases, because it's an energy, you know, in the old days, marriage was all about a contract or an agreement, and contracts and agreements are held in this channel as well, which is why in quantum human design, it ends up being the channel of administration, because in that there is this idea of bonds, uh, and how do we create bonds, or how do we agree to be together? You know, what are the agreements we make in relationships? and or business, or community, or in a marriage, for example. So this will be an energy where our hearts swell. You can just feel that feeling when you're around the right people, um, where you have this, you know, a mutual love and respect, and being able to give and take and receive and give. It goes round and round when you're with the right people. So this channel aligns us with That energy that really supports being in community, right? We have we form a community here every Monday and Friday when we get together, or Wednesdays even if we're together. We are forming a, a family. We could call it a family, we could call it a community, we could call it a tribe, but we're here from mutual resonance, right? We are, you know, on a frequency level that's very similar. We're looking for connection. And the connection around ideas called astrology and human design and the gene keys and metaphysics perhaps, or Pleiadian earth energy or Mayan astrology, whatever it is that we happen to be talking about, these are all things that connect us. And this is a week for us to make that connection and maybe even strive to be a part of other communities, right? To be able to see how do I fit in that community? Do I fit in that community or in that family? Now, this is a very touchy-feely energy as well. This is emotions that come out through hugs, right? If you've ever been around me, you know, I, I mean, I hug strangers. I do. I don't have any fear around, you know, crossing that boundary. Um, uh, I would much rather hug somebody than stand apart from them with my arms crossed and talk to them. Can't do it. It's not who I am. Um, Asked Debbie Tippett's to me the first time that she and I met in person. She got off the airplane here in Washington, and I literally, we literally flew and threw our arms around one another like we were the oldest of friends, yet yeah, it was the first time we ever met. That is the power of the 3740. It brings and attracts family, right? And that connection, that human bond that we all thrive in, that we all want, but sometimes out of a natural hesitancy or reticence we might hold ourselves back from. Not this week, <laughs> not this coming week. So sharing hugs and shaking hands or you know, being in each other's kind of space is uh, a part of the experience for this week. And literally you have to know that you can trust the people around you. And sometimes your body knows exactly in the moment who you can trust and who you can't, right? If I, I think if I did not trust someone, I probably would not be so open with hugs, right? I probably would hold myself back somewhat because I would sense, right? That's the 3740 in action, right? You sense, you're sensing through your emotions that they're, it, this is l- uh, like-minded, like-hearted, respectful, respectful. Person, you can bring them into your energy versus I'm going to hold you out at you know hands length or arms length a little bit until I learn more, right? Until I, I learn more about you. So you are probably going to find yourself in a situations with friends and and workers or or uh, colleagues or even your own family where you maybe feel more like allies right like that you can work together that you can be in in the same energy and in the in the trusting of people there's always sort of this tendency with the 3740 that if somebody lets you down you can freeze them out Right, freezing people out or ghosting them is that what the new thing is that people talk about all the time? So, we have to watch out for that. If people let you down, you might actually, you know, do go through that process of building the wall, right? Building the wall between you and them Um, because we're going to be dealing with are we uh, resonating with our word? Having given our word, are we in resonance with it or not? Right. So that can cause the breakdown in relationship if we discover that somebody's, you know, lied to us or that they're not trustworthy in some respects. And then, of course, you know, there's always forgiveness possible in all of that. But trust is something that's earned. Right. So trusting again might be a little more difficult. So this is a week that we will address the whole concept of community what is what builds a community or what constitutes a community or a family and all of that now the other thing the other part of the experience with 3740 and this goes more into the mundane boring administration part <laughs> i don't know why i find this part boring is all about agreements and the contracts that we make with one another so are we able to make new agreements, right? Can we renegotiate? Because that, that's the possibility here is that we've gotten ourselves into this, you know, agreement with someone. And a lot of times these are agreements, by the way, that are not like legal contracts so much as they're a like unspoken agreements. And we go along with it until we realize that it's not benefiting us at all. Or that that were being taken for granted uh, or that somehow we got drawn into this agreement, but there was never any verbalness around it. Remember this is emotion to heart, right? Emotion to heart. There's no voice in this. So these agreements that we make of the heart are okay until they're not. And so we have to be willing to renegotiate to say, okay, look, you know, you you seem to think that you know we have this agreement that this is how this is always going to be and i want to tell you that that's not the case right that that i'm renegotiating this agreement right you're going to make dinner three times a week and i'll make dinner the other four days a week kind of thing right <laughs> that's a minor thing in the big s- scheme of things but think about the impact if of that as an unspoken agreement that you were going to be the one that is responsible for making dinner every night so every night, whether you want to or not, you're making the dinner for the family or for uh, you, you know, whoever is in the household. And you never said, I agree that I will do that. So it's all those kinds of agreements as well. The the, the things that we just kind of arbitrarily go with. And time to change those up, right? Looking at the agreements that we've made and redesigning them, right? Renegotiating. No one ever said you had to stick in that forever. And they're, like I said, mostly unspoken contracts. So they can be uh they can be the kind that stick around forever without anybody addressing them. So address the unspoken things, right? That's a good thing to do this. And it doesn't have to be an ugly way to do it either. Right. This is <laughs> the gate 37 is about peace. Right? Be can we peacefully renegotiate, right? Can we peacefully renegotiate instead of just going in the attack or on the attack? Interesting that today is the anniversary of the Ukrainian-Russian war, right? Um, Was there an attempt at negotiation? I don't know, but renegotiating the agreements, right? Uh, Without the war, right? Renegotiating agreements face-to-face, honestly, transparently, and moving forward from there. All right, so that is it for me today. I think what I will do is pull us a couple of cards. Thank you, Terry, for putting that there for me. And we haven't pulled cards lately, so I'm going to pull us an animal card for the week. I got to tell you, every week, my daughter, Heather, my oldest daughter, she draws cards for all the family members. And she has them, you know, she has her own designation for what each card means. So she'll snap a picture of all five or six cards, however many she's pulling for you that particular day. And one of the cards this week, when I read it, I was like, I don't know how that could ever happen. And then it did. I was like, oh, Heather, you should do these for other people you should you should make money from doing these kinds of readings um so hopefully maybe someday she she will take us uh, take me up on that idea and start doing readings that are uh, card based because she's really good at it it's like she'll just pull a card she'll she'll call me and say oh here here's your card aha uh-huh, I get dog spirit today dog Spirit be loyal to what you love, dog. Number 19, which is a one. Uh, It's actually a 10, which turns out to be a one. And look at that pretty baby, pretty dog. So let's see what dog spirit, and it came out upright. So let's see what the message is. All right, it says, Be loyal to what you love. Dog Spirit appears to remind you that although change is a part of life and all of us are meant to evolve, our love and commitments remain strong. You are loved now and can trust that this higher love is true. Spirit loves you and love has arrived in many forms now, manifesting in the people you surround yourself with, expressed uniquely through them. Dog Spirit also says, be true to that which you love, for now is a time of good fortune. Be steady as you recognize that people and things are always transforming. Your heart is loving and true. And Dog Spirit wants you to know that your steadfast commitment to experiencing and expressing love will attract and manifest more love. You deserve all of it. Have faith in Spirit's plan for you. Dog Spirit. Looks like a Border Collie or something. Really cute dog. All right. And I think I'll pull one more. I keep getting Pleiadian wisdom, so we're going to pull a Pleiadian card. Uh, Deborah Foster, good morning. Uh, she is my cousin. Good to have you with us, cousin Deborah. Londa, hello to you. You've been on my mind for the last couple of days. Natasha, funny, my dog was and is very interactive with me this morning. I love it. Uh, Mara, good morning to you as well. Good to see you out there. and. J Lo says, "When was the last time this channel was activated with the sun and Earth? Well, it's once a year for the sun and Earth, but it would have been opposite uh, six months ago, with it being the Earth and the sun. So, I mean, the with the uh, sun being the forty and the Earth being the thirty-seven, so the channel uh, would have been activated probably in what September? Yeah, if we looked back, we'd see it then. Okay, so." Mara says, so glad to catch you live for the first time. Thank you, JLo, for bringing me in. Awesome. Welcome. So, <laughs> so we get the card, number 10. So we had 19, which is a 10. And now we have 10, which is, says relationship. And next to it, it says conflict. And it says, always be open to the viewpoints of others to lessen or eliminate conflict. Yes, indeed. That's the card. So let's see what this one says. Relationship conflict. And we, of course, have been talking about relationships this morning. And there we go conflict. Okay. So every time you meet conflict, recognize that the conflict is there in order for you to heal the split of duality as you continue to evolve. Every conflict that comes to you is there to show you how to change something within yourself conflict exists to show you how to relate with each other at a higher level listen to others perspectives examine your beliefs eliminate judgments and accept what all others have to offer share your own thoughts without insisting that you are right or promoting your own personal agenda resolution of conflict can bring you to close can bring you closer to creating harmonious relationships and communities this way of being open brings more agreement into all of your relationships, and without it, all relationships will continue to be challenged. So, the advanced use, the universal energy 10 is manifestation. Use every challenge as an opportunity to manifest something different and better in all of your relationships. I love it. Dog spirit and relationships. Woo! All right. So, reminder today, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. uh, East Coast time on Zoom. We will meet together for Astro Design. It is your opportunity to bring your questions about your astrology, your human design, your gene keys. And if people don't have questions, we'll take up a general topic. I've been thinking about Saturn and Pisces or Pluto and Aquarius conversations, but I'm open to whatever it is. So when I'm done here, I will post the link in the Living Astrology Facebook page. And I will also post it on the Living Astrology community page. I might even put it in the, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want just a bunch of randos joining us today. But people who are truly interested in getting their questions answered, will find the link and join us at 10am, or I mean, 12pm. All right thank you all for joining me this morning. It's great to see the new people out there. It's great to see all of you. Have a great weekend. Bye for now. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Key's Wisdom, Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.